Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. As we enter the month of November, I'm the Lady Six. I'm joined as ever by my fantastic co-hosts on this ride into cyberspace, Tactic and Nerd Bomber. Hey, uh, Tactic, are you human? Are you human or are you dancer? I, you know, I would say that I'm 99.9% dancer. There is very little human to be had left of me because let's face it humans suck so just be dancers folks just be dancers that got very deep so let's let's bring it back to the shallow end nerd bomber somebody told me that you had a girlfriend who looked like a what is it oh, what is it somebody told me that you had a boyfriend that looks like a girlfriend that i had in february of uh last year is that so i don't remember what happens and that. don't look at me I, i'm your fiance i don't know who this person is Oh, yeah. Previous. This was a previous man. Or it could be a current one, because like I said, I'm not the title of boyfriend. That's true. Right. We're here. All three of us are here. Uh, we, have, we have a lot of stuff to talk about today. We're going to talk about the metaverse, which if you haven't, just Google it. I don't know. I'm sure you've heard about it already. Uh, we're going to talk about the book of Boba Fett, and we're going to talk about space, the final frontier. So kind of a mix of television, science, and I don't know, general pop culture. Now, I said to we before the show started, I was like, I'm going to start with the metaverse. And then something happened. What happened was I Googled the book of Boba Fett. And we're going to start with that. And let me tell you why. When you Google something, which Nerd Bomber Technic, I would encourage you over in your zone to Google book of Boba Fett right now, just so you can follow along with me here. Uh, what comes up is, you know, you get some news articles, you get some websites, but then on the right side of the page, it says about, and it, it, it gives you a little synopsis of what the, what the show is going to be about. And they misspelled Tatooine. So it literally starts with, <laughs> I can't even read this without laughing. On the sands of Tatooine, bounty hunter Boba Fett and mercenary Fennec Shand navigate the galaxy's underworld and fight for Jabba the Hutt's old territory. Tatooine, guys. I don't know why that's funnier to me than Tatooine. They're both funny words. But I think I'm just so used to hearing tattoo, Tatooine that when I because hear Because you're Tatooine, a Star Wars snob and you're like, huh, they spelled it wrong. <laughs> Peasants. It sounds like a space ball. Well, it sounds like a space balls thing. It sounds like they're making fun of Star Wars very effectively. I don't know if I did there too. It's a nice podcasting trick. I gave the exposition there. I said what the trailer is about. So, a trailer for this dropped today. The day that we're recording this is coming out on Disney Plus, December 29th, twenty twenty one. This was teased, I believe, at the end of the Mandalorian, the last season of Mandalorian, which was like last year. So it's been we've known about it for a while, but. This is the first trailer that we've gotten for it. So yeah, if you haven't seen it and you want to watch before we talk about it, pause the show, go watch it. It's like it's like a minute and a half or whatever. The premise is, is great to me. I've always said, I've said for, well, maybe not always, but like for years, I think. I was like, we need a gritty criminal like Star Wars show. It's all like, every, all the Star Wars stuff, everybody's family, everyone's related to each other. Everyone's nice. No, forget that. I, I, I want... What I really wanted was like the underworld of Coruscant, but the underworld of Tatooine is pretty good. And you have to imagine Jabba the Hutt left a pretty big power vacuum. So this makes a lot of sense. The other bullet point that I would toss out there is that Disney and I, I guess Star Wars by extension, they have a real way of like Iron Man 1 came out or Iron Man 1 started filming and they went up to Paul Bettany and were like, hey, can you throw down some voiceover lines for us? And he was like, yeah, sure, no big. And then like 10 years later, he's like wearing, you know, red makeup 
on like WandaVision, which is like the craziest show ever and like headlining major television shows. Tamura Morrison, which first of all, I assume I'm pronouncing that name right. I'm not even sure that I am. He was, he had a bit part in episode two. That's like, that's what happened. He had a bit part in episode two and suddenly he is now headlining a Disney plus show that is like a big deal. I don't even know. Like, I think it's cool, but like, it's just a very weird entertainment thing. Just like, like in, in a lot of, in the parallel universe, this would be a very big actor playing this part, but because he signed up to be Django Fett and have like five lines, he's now like a big, he's like the crown jewel of the Disney plus empire for a certain amount of time. So that's pretty cool for him. I don't know how good he's going to (laughs) be. Like how is he a good actor? We'll find out because he's going to be in the show a lot, presumably. And it looks like he's not wearing his helmet a lot. Did he do anything other than those roles? Like, has he gone on to have an acting career in between? Do we? Know he has this? done. He's done one other thing that I know of. Uh, he may have done more, but I went. I think it was whatever three years ago, four years ago at this point. I went with a friend to see Aquaman, and in like the first scene of that movie, some guy who like is at a lighthouse or whatever pulls the baby out of the ocean, and you get a look at him. I'm like, oh my god, that's Django Fett. He plays. Arthur Curry's dad in Aquaman. Does he? That's really? the only other thing I know of that he was in. Yeah. I'm sure he's done other stuff, but like nothing that we know about. And we're like, we feel like, you know, we're an entertainment podcast. We would probably know if he did anything else of consequence. No offense to Mura. So this is a big deal for him. So yeah, that that's, that's my spin on this trailer. Other than that, you know, it looked like pretty standard Star Wars fare. Not a lot of surprises. Uh, I hope it's grittier than man even mandalorian was because mandalorian i think took a step in that direction of like we're gonna be gritty and like western and i want this to be i want this to be star wars godfather which it looks like that's what it's trying to be so that would be cool uh ludwig Gorenson is is gonna do the score which is a very minor detail to a lot of people but it's a big deal to me because the mandalorian score is i feel like that's not a minor detail because i feel like having a score i mean other than the atmosphere one of the things that I like, I definitely got a Mandalorian vibe from this. And that obviously makes a lot of sense because, I mean, the characters are not the same, but I mean, very closely related. We we saw the crossover, I guess, right. spoiler alert, in the Mandalorian. So having, you know, a similar atmosphere. And I think one of the things that ties together an atmosphere very well is, you know, musical score. So it makes a lot of sense to have him come back and do the score for Boba Fett because why not? Right those grandiose like big sweeping orchestral things with like this weird like tribal kind of like he's got that weird like order thing going on yeah it's i think it's going to be a good fit for boba fett as well uh for, for pretty much for the reasons you just said now tactic you're you're a star wars man you're a star man hit, hit me with it where so, are you at on this okay so job of the hut is this force to be reckoned with and yeah i know there was sort of a ill replacement available and so it was very easy for him to come in and and take over that spot but honestly i'm surprised there wasn't another one of his species that didn't try to fill it very quickly before he even arrived and so i would have liked to see that because people kind of they sleep on that on that species they're incredibly powerful incredibly strong resistant to a lot of things and they can just hold their own there's a reason why job of the hut was holding that power position for so long and see i never saw them as physically strong i just saw them as, and I, I first of all i totally agree i mean 
the timeline's a little murky, but we know, I mean, Mandalorian starts, what, like six years after episode, after episode six, I think, in which Jabba dies. And the Huts, I mean, tat, it's always been portrayed that Tatooine is gangland and the Huts are the gang lords, right? Right. So presumably there would be in that six year Another span, one. Another Hut, a, perhaps a lesser Hut, but still a Hut who would step into the power vacuum that Jabba the Hutt is behind. I don't like uh, how strong and how physically formidable can Jabba the Hutt really be? Or how can, how f- physically formidable can any Hutt really be? That I take issue with as a characterization. But as far as like being real smooth talkers and like good power players, yeah, hundred percent. Check out the Googles. You won't be disappointed be people. They are, they are tough. The other thing that I kind of found sort of interesting was the role in which Boba Fett is going to be taking, because he seemed to be more of an easygoing crime lord, where he's not just quick to just say, nope, we're, we're feeding you to the pets. You're done. Yeah, he had that, like, I don't remember exactly what he said. Say but, your like, piece. Yeah, he yeah. wanted to... Say what you're going to say, and then I'll kill you, basically. And I'm excited to see that right development if it's going to be more almost a democratic rule. Right. Like a... De- democratic might be a strong word, but like a... Or a little asterisk. Huh? Almost like a coalition a coalition of gangsters where like he's still the big man on campus so to speak but like he's willing to have kind of a tight-knit group of of to use a godfather word consigliere who can themselves wield a lot of power and make a lot of decisions if only in the interest of efficiency that could be very interesting well a question we have to ask ourselves if only because it's good podcast conversation how if at all does this tie into the mandalorian do we do we hear anything about the Mandalorian? Do we do we hear anything about so who was there was that guy who he worked with on Tatooine who double crossed him and we never saw that guy again. So I would imagine he's gonna come back. I can't think of his name right now, by the way. So don't ask me. You know what I'm talking about, the young kid who is like he's trying to bounty hunt and he's having a hard time. You know time. exactly how it's and gonna be like, Mandalorian. I I I'm gonna tell you guys right now. Here's what's gonna happen. He's going to say, someone's going to approach him and say, hey, I really need this job done. Do you have guys to get it for me? And he's going to read the job and it's going to be like, capture this kid from this guy. And he's just going to take care of it, quote unquote. But it's going to turn out to almost be like a team up, but it's going to be like a head fake thing where you think he's being the bad guy, but he's really the good guy. I don't know. Like it, the way the Mandalorian was left, I'm not sure it was even super clear how much of a continuation of that there was going to be. Because... He gave the kid to Luke Skywalker. And that was like, which spoiler alert, but it's been over a year or however long. So at that point, where does the show go? And then they showed this teaser for Book of Boba Fett. And you thought, oh, okay, maybe Mandalorian's done. And now we're getting a different kind of Mandalorian story with this. I doubt that's the case. I think we're probably going to get more Mandalorian at some point. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get, like, I don't think the Mandalorian is over by any means. But how they tie together... Again, if at all, I'm not even sure it's a guarantee. This may be a show that lives in its own little corner of the Star Wars universe where there's not a whole lot of overlap. Now, that's really that's not really Disney's thing. They they like overlap and as much of it as they can get because it convinces people to watch the next thing. But I don't know. I could see this just being kind of well, like they, a romp they on leave it on the These guys duking it out. Under the guise that they're going to bring back, you know, what all the Mandalorians together on their own planet once was. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I forgot so that's, that. So that is a story that they have to run to ground. Right. Uh, like, because Fennec Shand is another character we should talk about because she was, she played a part in The Mandalorian. She had like no lines. 
I th- like she was painted as this like devastating mercenary who the Mandalorian and this this kid I talked about before pretty easily uh got the better of her. Yeah, but wasn't that supposed to be because like the Mandalorian is a superior everything? Like that's not necessarily a knock on her, I but suppose, more so but... it was supposed to show how he is just amazing at everything. Well, I don't know. I mean, they painted her as really ferocious. Yeah, I I, I think that and, you know, she comes back with Boba Fett at, at a certain point and she shows that she's a pretty devastating warrior. But, like, I want more of that character. I want more of that character's backstory because she was she was immediately portrayed as, like, this is one of the most... She's, this is one of the best assassins in the galaxy was, I think, how they kind of framed her. And then they were like, oh, well, he beat her and now she's kind of gone. And now, and then she comes back and she's like, Boba Fett's wacky, which, like, I want... I want more of a reason for that i think it was because he saved her life and that's why and she it was like almost like a life debt thing but i want more of a deep dive into that and i think we might get it i'm not sure this show can entirely ride on the talents of boba fett slash timura morrison and i think you know as we learned from the mandalorian secondary characters are equally important and i think she's going to be a good one so december 29th 2021 this is coming to disney plus which again gives me my annual reason to keep Disney Plus because I rarely use it <laughs> except for like Mandalorian, the Marvel shows, and now I guess this, and then occasionally to like fall asleep to like the rescuers or something. So shout out to Disney Plus. Let's talk about the metaverse. Now, for those that don't know the whole thing that's going on here, Facebook is rebranding itself and they're calling themselves Meta. Given that Facebook is a much larger company, they own the Oculus brand, which is now being retired. Uh, they're not calling it Oculus anymore. Which to me, that feels they're silly. They're calling it Meta Quest. That feels very silly to me. Yeah, Oculus was a great name. Oculus was a great name for a VR company. Well, not only that, but like Oculus has the branding already in place. Like the, it's one of the staples right. in the VR industry. And if you're a newcomer and you were like, what kind of VR headset do I want to get? Like Oculus was the one that I think most people knew, even if they weren't VR nerds or anything like that. You know what I mean? So it's very strange to take that brand recognition and just be like no we're not going to use that anymore because we have this weird vision for a metaverse future now facebook is no stranger as a company to bad pr and especially lately they've had a lot of bad pr so there's a lot of people who are feeling like this is just a a move to get away from the facebook name (laughs) which would be a good move to make i'm not sure that's why they are making this change i think this metaverse thing is very serious for them lest we forget I don't know how many. I don't know how long ago it was, but Google did the same thing. They, their parent company is Alphabet. I, the idea, I think, being well, Google's just one thing that we do, and that's kind of what Facebook is saying. They're saying Facebook, the social media app, is one thing. And that I mean, we do. that does make sense I mean, they, from a parent company standpoint. Like, it makes I perfect that. sense. Yeah, they own Instagram, and I don't know, plenty of other things. Do they? Do they own WhatsApp? They I might think they own do. WhatsApp. Yeah, I can't remember. So they own so many of these things. It makes sense to make kind of an umbrella corporation sort of thing. But I don't know. One of the main things I want to talk about, you know, this news came out and I only vaguely have a sense of what the metaverse even is. It's a very grabby term. It's very VR heavy from what I understand is that they want to like their plan. Mark Zuckerberg's plan is to get a billion people over the next however many years into VR. And even like they showed off during the Facebook Connect, one of the new VR headsets. It's not the Oculus. It'll be the Meta quest pro i think and essentially like the little sizzle reel that they had for it was you sit down 
to your work computer, but you put on a headset. And so you're in this virtual office and that's how you're collaborating with people. You have like a little avatar and that's how you have your meetings and that's your work day. And then you take the headset off to like go pee and eat dinner and then you put the headset back on and that's how you like go to concerts and stuff. And that is like what they're striving for. They're basically, they're looking at like Ready Player One and they're like that. That no, is No, not Ready want. Player One. Right. Snow Crash. The uh, well, yes, I was say the basically Matrix. all of uh, those VR heavy worlds where we're just plugged in. Ready Player One, IGN has a, their like video cover for the video is Mark Zuckerberg's face like painted on, pasted on the Ready Player One poster. So yeah, you pretty much nailed that. What I wanted, I, you know, I watched part of the video where they talked about all of this mark zuckerberg and some employee of his and i I just say there's nothing more bone chilling than watching and i didn't watch the whole hour video or whatever long it was i watched maybe 30 seconds to a minute of it and watching mark zuckerberg attempt to be a human person was a bone chilling this is the word i used before and it's accurate it's just weird like he's like there was a lot of i don't think he's italian there was a lot of hand gesturing But, but both him and the girl I think they were talking about one of the video game things that they're doing. And they were both like very like fake excited, I think is like, they're like, this is going to revolutionize the gaming world and you're going to do this and that, and it's going to be amazing. And I'm so excited for the sequel to this game. And Mark Zucker will be like, yeah, this game, me and my friends, we use this game to get through the pandemic. And I'm like, no, you didn't. Like, there's just something that's so, you should go watch the video right now. It's like a scene from like The Purge or something. It is well, just the weirdest thing to watch. It's like he's trying to channel Steve Jobs' energy, but he physically he physically cannot do it. And it just comes off very right. weird. Almost like the uncanny valley effect because you know that's kind of like what he's going for, but it's just not working. See, I have a theory that he's not a robot. Well, he is a robot now, but he wasn't always a robot. I think that he froze himself and then this is robot Zuckerberg biding time for the, so that they can thaw him out in the future. So we'll, we'll get we'll get the regular Zuck back in maybe a, a century or so. Facebook's engineers, well, I'm sorry, Meta's engineers would do a better job at making a robot than Mark Zuckerberg is. Like the robot would be better at being a human than Mark Zuckerberg is. That is that's what I'm trying to say. I guys, I have I have a question. Put, put, to put ask aside you everything though. we know. sure. How but, many bottles of barbecue sauce do you have on your bookshelf? Uh, I've a fair few, but they, none of them are sweet baby rays. rays. I have that in the fridge. I don't display it. What's the, it, the only the only way that would make any sense is if that was literally the first bottle of sweet baby rays, and it was like a trophy. It almost you, felt like you know, weird product. That feeling. I wasn't worried about the sweet baby the label rays. Wasn't there was a show. weird ball in a cup like doll thing that was just creepy so i do want to mention something oh, and the reason why i brought up snow crashers or sorry snow crash is because the term metaverse is taken directly from that book and it's about a vr world that is supposed to be a, an escape from the capitalist hellscape and ultimately becomes a capitalist hellscape and my gosh for Facebook to rebrand this to that couldn't be more fitting. Well, it's kind of funny. So I was talking last week about how, you know, I bought the Oculus Quest 2. And as I was using it over the days... The meta, the meta excuse me, the, the, the meta quest. Yeah, sorry, sorry. The newly renamed meta <laughs> quest 2. I'll, I'll go take a, a knife and scrape the Oculus logo off of it. 
We should you should go back and edit last week's episode. <laughs> we we don't we don't want Mark coming for us, okay? But they uh, this is a small time thing we have. I got selected somehow as a beta user, and I'm sure most people who buy the headset, if you use it more than a few times, they probably select you for it. But I got selected as a beta user for what was at the time called Facebook Horizons, but I believe they also renamed that Meta Horizons. And what they're trying to do, like they basically framed it as because, of course, I was curious. I was like, okay, let's, sure, let's do this. Show me what you got. And it's literally just a living space. You can go in and you can hang out with people. You can build things if you want. You can attend concerts or attend events that people set up. It's basically just a giant meeting space. You can meet with other people around the world, like strangers, and meet new people. You can link it up with your Facebook friends list and meet people that way, like that you actually know in real life. And it actually sets up a whole like avatar for you. So when you're walking around, like there's a cartoon version of you walking around in VR. And I mean, I know stuff like this already exists, like Rec Room VR and all of those kind of things and like VR yeah, chat. Well, they did, but there, there was a commercial, there was a commercial a while back. Jonah Hill went to a basketball game with like, I think it might've been LeBron James. And I think it was an Oculus commercial. And they were like, this is what Oculus is now. And I was like, really? So yeah, it's not a new thing necessarily, but they're probably getting way better at it, I think is what you're saying. Yeah, like this this whole thing, and granted, I didn't spend a lot of time in it because I was like, well, none of my friends who I'd actually want to talk to in VR actually have a quest. So this is not really, like, there's no value here for me. So I quickly noped out of it. But it's very evident what they're trying to do. And I don't know if I like that. Like... Could you imagine starting it, your work day? It shouldn't work. In a VR office? No. And then just transitioning over to hanging out with friends in a VR thing? Like, I don't know. I'm, I want to have sciatica. Let me get out of my chair. Well, and first of all, like, it's this is making no mention of like the physical ill effects of like looking at a screen literally 100%. This is, we're moving into but, Wally like, world. I don't understand. I get that the, my VR point of reference is PSVR and that headset is very large and very heavy. Still, even if the headset was the MetaQuest 2, MetaQuest Pro or whatever you want to call it, it's still going to be a thing sitting on Any small amount of weight feels heavy after it, a long period of time. Well, and if I want to talk, like, there's also something to be said for, like, body language and, like, human communication... I'm not sure an avatar, no matter how advanced, is ever going to give me the experience of sitting down across a table from Tectic and talking to him and looking deep into his piercing brown eyes. Well, I think, though, that's part of the technology. And I don't know if they ruled all of it out because I didn't watch the full event. I'll, I'll be honest. There was too much Mark Zuckerberg. And I, I no, one, no one had the yeah, no one had the stomach for yeah. that. You're you're it, it'd be brave to try, I think. But I think they were saying like in future headsets and VR technology, like I I remember I was scrolling through, it might've been The Verge who did like a, a rundown of some of the new tech that was shown. And it's basically like this mirror that goes up in a room so that it can detect your body language and then reflect it back into your avatar or whatever. So I think they're working on that so that you do get that human element of body language. I don't know. It's, it's still, it's like... going to be uncanny valley, like to the 10th degree. There's an X factor that I think, I mean, think about Zoom calls. Like you're looking, you're looking at the actual person. Okay. And there's still 
points in a meeting where people try to try to talk over each other there's points of awkwardness and that's when you have the body language but i would think the utility of 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 the vr metaverse would be people from japan can have sit down hangouts with people from america but because of latency and networks you're never no matter how advanced technology gets you're never going to get that unless you're actually in the same room what i'm excited for i just don't i think there's there's a wall there and specifically faking the learning curve so like let's be honest there's it's going to be brutal with the older generation but with the younger people it it's going to be more seamless right standard technology introduction but what'll be fun is i could make believe i don't know what to do with like my my joy cons and have my or not joy cons my whatever my controllers and have my avatar like do weird things with with his hands like just hold him up in the air, like you just don't care the whole meeting, and I'll just and I'll just act like I don't know that that's what's happening and play it off, and it'll just be hilarious for me. I will just milk that train all the way to retirement. And that's a question worth asking. At this point, are we are we members of the older generation? I think we're the generation? VR boomers. By the time this all gets rolled out, we're the VR boomers. That's you guys I'm getting will be at. the VR boomers. I, 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 I will be hip with the technology. This may be the jumping off point where we are older than the technology like we're not that's not the right that's not what i meant but like we are not the target audience of the new tech i think is where we are or where we're where we're getting to and uh, i'm okay with that. see i struggle with that though i don't want to be becomes like such a widespread thing where we're using that in even the workplace and stuff like that like you better jump on board don't get left behind otherwise you're going to be out of a job yeah, no, that's a fair argument. I just, I don't know. I, I have a hard time seeing us adopt it in a in the workplace at wide scale. But I don't know. Maybe people said the same thing about the internet. I have no idea. I mean, hey, how long, 20 years ago, would people were doing things by hand. Would you, like Those people would never have imagined that we would have computers and like everyone was doing calculations by hand. We have computers do everything oh, yeah. for us. Everyone was doing long division. They had abacuses. And they worked 40-hour weeks. And now we can have everything done for us by computers. And guess how many hours we're working a week? 40. It's, 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 no, it's, it's like 50. <laughs> if only it was 40. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of questions to be asked here. As we move towards the metaverse, Mark Zuckerberg's idea for a perfect utopian world, I guess is what it is. We want to hear from you on the Twitter sphere at OW Illegal 86, at OW Tactic, at OW Nerd Bomber, our main show account at Online Warriors 1. How do you feel about the term meta? Because that's another thing we didn't talk about. That word makes me want to punch somebody in the face. Whenever someone's like, it's so On meta, another note, I'm, I'm just like, waiting no, for him so, to say, you're so when sad. you're on your deathbed, you can either die or you can be downloaded into the metaverse. Is, is Mark Zuckerberg a robot? Is he already in the metaverse? Let us know what you think. And also let us know what you think of the name metaverse or what i guess what, what do you think of the name meta as a company name i will admit i hate the word but i think as a company name it's pretty good uh it's very simple i don't know let us know what you think uh right now we are gonna head into the break uh, before we come back to talk about the final frontier but before we do i would be remiss if i did not shout out our fantastic patreon producer mr stephen keller stephen is going to be joining us next week on the show as one of his perks being a night at the round table one of our patreon producers who gets the guest spot he gets the shout out every episode he gets input into our weekly game segment and of course he gets access to the monthly secret segment and vlog 
Uh, we also have a Squire level of support, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. And we have the pages, the backbones of the Patreon community who get access to the monthly secret segment. So for any of the details, or for all of the details on any of those tiers of support, you can head to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast for more of the deets. Thanks again to Steven and all of our Patreon supporters. And we will take a short break now to shout out our sponsor and we'll be back to talk about space. Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're an office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer. No special supplies or equipment, and within minutes, you're up and running printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. And you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off with no traffic and no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping. With Stamps.com's new Rate Advisor tool, you can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There's no risk. And with our promo code POD, that's P-O-D, POD, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in POD, that's P-O-D. That's stamps.com, promo code POD, stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Okay, we talked about space a few times on this podcast, but uh, why not do it again? Because space is back in the news again. A lot of you probably watched Interstellar. Uh, that was a movie. That was, that was a good movie. I don't know why I said that was a movie. It was a good movie. Was it? They went to a... Yes! Oh, come on. What, okay, let's not derail the topic. Let's talk about space really quick, and then we can circle back to this. Scientists have found the first signs of a planet beyond our galaxy. This is approximately 28 million light years away in the... I'm going to try to pronounce this. Is it Messier? Is it French? Messier 51 galaxy. I hope it's not the Messier 51 galaxy. We don't need a galaxy that's any messier than our current galaxy, I feel like. Yeah, there's a planet out there they found using a X-ray telescope to observe transits, which can sometimes occur when planets pass in front of stars and block out a portion of light that's being seen from the telescope from other stars. So long story short, this is very far away. Transit, the transit technique is hard to use, so it's very hard. And you can only use it at certain times, it seems like, so... Getting a second viewing to confirm the findings could take like decades, I guess, is what this article is telling me. Uh, So we think there's a planet out there. But look, other galaxies. This just takes us one step closer to Star Wars, right? I mean, Star Wars, I guess, is technically one galaxy, but it feels like more than that. There's a key piece of information that this, coupled with another piece of news that you may or may not be aware of is really opening up what we understand and what we're going to learn about space over the next year. So, coming up... Is it... Wait, is it that Mark Zuckerberg is an alien? No. He was a robot that has been confirmed. Mark Zuckerberg, phone, home. Robot. Robots don't phone home. I think he could... I think think they're just linked in the Wi-Fi? I'm not quite sure. I think he might have been... I think he might have been body snatched. Like, an alien came and like took over his body what is he like a skinwalker now human that's what we're looking at yeah 
I could buy that. And that's why he's the w- that's why he's the way that he is. Anyways, you, go. You had an actual piece of news. I that did. Thanks really for the the whole that. derailment. Anyway, You're so what, what's coming in November eighteenth? Well, it's scheduled for November eighteenth of this year. Is they're going to be launching the James Webb Space Telescope into space, which is the predecessor of the Hubble tel- Space Telescope, which you all know of. And this thing is freaking powerful. This thing can tell us evidence of the Big Bang. It can see so many light years down. Did you say predecessor or like... The, the successor, successor, I apologize. It is the successor, okay. successor yeah, of the Hubble Space confused. Telescope. And this thing is amazing. It can tell us life on various planets that were kind of like, oh, I wonder if that was life on. It'll have the capability. So with the release of this telescope, we're not only going to be able to see this planet and we'll probably the shading but we're going to be able to find out even more about it so be excited for this year guys be excited for space be excited for telescopes and be excited for robots apparently let me hit you with a hypothetical let me hit you with a hypothetical let's say they sent up they sent up the web the webby web telescope and it it looks it, it points out and it looks at this planet which is 28 million light years away another galaxy and they go all the way down to the planet surface with the telescope and they see they see a man like a humanoid like a, like a not just life like life that looks like us like life that looks that appears to like what if it was literally a, it looked like you tactic my question is how does that change the anything for us like do you think we then go out of our way to try and contact this planet i mean didn't they already tell us because that I think aliens be really were real hard. like didn't the cia cia release that document It'll just tell us where they're at at this point. Like, hey, guys, we don't have the text for it, that, but like, they're, they're on this planet. The main thing that I want to know is I want to get better views of Jupiter's moons. That's that's the thing that I find most intriguing. That, that's what they're on home. Yeah. I just like, I, th- I think the like, is there extraterrestrial life argument? Like, who cares? To an, to an extent, and I know that's like, that that's... Maybe a sad, so hear me out. Hear me cynical out. thing to say. Space, but like, who cares? Space travel is very difficult and very hard, and it's even more difficult it's true. when you don't know where to go. And so, if we're able to identify, why would enough, we go there? Well, you don't have to send us there, okay. but you can send yeah. a message. You could start communicating. You can open up Pandora's box and see what happens. I suppose they might like they might like have the cure for cancer or something, and they'd be like, "Hey, here's the cure for cancer." And, like, the other argument would be, like, we need to find a place that human life can be sustained by because we might have to leave this planet because, well, there's a number of reasons we might have to. So, like, I guess that's an argument, but, like, I don't know. Maybe it's selfish, but I'm, like, in, in I think in our lifetime, it doesn't make a difference. Like, if we found out tomorrow that there were little blue men on Pluto. Yeah, we'd struggle even getting there. The, the key, honestly... It doesn't change the bottom the line. The key to long-term space travel is two things. Electric propulsion, which we're actually making headway on. Yeah. And because you can use solar panels for, to give you your energy, etc. And cryogenic right, sleep, right. which I'd argue if, if, if you could figure out how to not feed people, you don't need. You could just keep keep a lineage going right just keep reproducing and have a big ship oh so you're saying turn the ship a into, colony you know put a night put a nice put a nice yeah and they just eat sprouts for the rest they, of their their lives bean sprouts and then when they 
when they need a new body, just say, get yeah. to work. Well, this took a turn, but 28 million, even disregarding the Pluto stuff, 28 million light years away, that's far. That's very far. It's cool that we're able to see other galaxies. I just, I don't know what the utility is, and I'm sorry to be a downer, but it's like, okay, we, we learned something, I guess, but what is the... What do we gain from it? It's to expand. Bomber, any advanced society here? has to expand and control their own galaxy. Yeah, it's... I mean, even if we don't want to expand, if we can somehow manage to save the current planet, you're going to need resources because we're quickly depleting our own natural resources. So even if we're left on like a desert planet, but we were like, we're not leaving. This is our desert. We're not going anywhere. Or maybe it would be an ocean at that point. We'd just be like swimming and living in submarines. Be like, we're not going anywhere. This is our planet. You're still going to need resources from somewhere. So Project Hail Mary. Did you? Did you? Who, I did. did you yeah. Read that. Did either of you read it? Yeah. That's like that's a scenario where I suppose it's like okay, yeah. That it would be good to have other planets and, that and we know of that we could like go check out. It's and similar talk to, to the the game that but, we had played together, Nerd Bomber, where the the what was the game? Outriders. Outriders. Yeah, that's the one. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I can. I can. There's, Interstellar there's is such a good A hundred percent value to to expanding in space and furthering our technology even simple things that we have today is all due to space travel and we take it for granted folks so this is big news I, don't get me wrong i'm i'm open to it i'm just a little bit indifferent but i don't know i maybe it's short-sighted of me to be like hey let's focus the r&d money on the current planet because some would probably argue that that's it's too late for well that. even with our current planet a lot of our natural resources aren't from this planet I, I believe iron has all been deposited from meteorites and it doesn't occur naturally yeah that's true it's a good argument again what should we call it the new planet tech tick no it's not very good let's uh, call it online so this way it's like it's like further than pluto udo. So it's udo and pluto i like udo <laughs> that's pretty good that would be a great name for a tv show udo and pluto disney plus you heard it here first udo and pluto it's time for what are you up to it's time, and I got big news today. Big, a big spicy ball of news that I'm going to drop here. I got a PS5. Uh, that's the exciting thing. I got a PS5. I haven't played it yet. I got it three days ago, four, four, three or four days ago. I don't, I don't even know if it's plugged in or not. It's in its rest. It's, it's like in my entertainment center where it's going to be. I unboxed it and put it there. But the other piece of news for me is that I'm in the, I'm knee deep in Metroid Dread. See, and I give you a lot of credit. Enjoying the heck out of it. Like, even if I was in the middle of the game, I think I would still just want to turn it on and, you know, see the loading screen no, and bask in the glow of the, the welcome screen. Just flick its joystick a little I'm bit. A, I'm, a, I'm a one-woman man. I'm a one-woman man. I, I can't... My focus cannot be pulled by anything else. Uh, Metroid Dread, you know, I have to say, th- this is a nugget of, like, how I'm... I'm enjoying the game. I still think Metroid Prime is better. I know Tactic, you're going to fight me on that. This is very, very good. Metroid Dread is. I'm finding it to be pretty challenging. Uh, some of the There was one boss in particular where I died a lot. And I'm going to just, here on the podcast, I'm going to try and diagnose why that is. Honestly, most of the time when I die, there's a pretty specific reason. There's two, there's two specific reasons. One, I forget that I have certain abilities. Because the game, the whole game is just stacking abilities. And the more you stack the more that I'm going to forget about. Like, Tactic, I don't know if this is your experience. I'm only like halfway through the game, but the, uh, I don't even know what it's called. Flash Shift? Is that what it's called? Yeah, I didn't really use uh, Flash Shift, honestly, until Ravenbeak, which is the last boss. I forget. I, f- 
I forget that it's there. I literally just forget that it's there. The other thing that I do consistently, and this is this is not just a Metroid Dread thing. This is a this is a me and all Metroid games thing. I think I I go crazy looking for missile expansions. If I, if I see a missile expansion, I'm gonna find a way to get it. That's just how my brain operates. So I have a lot of missiles. I, I don't use them. Like I I'll go into a boss, and m- m- seems like so far most most of the bosses work in such a way where you can hurt them in one of two ways one is using missiles and the other one is using uh charge beam you can't oh, there's a lot of bosses where actually doing damage to them just hitting them with the beam doesn't work so i will spend so much time charging my charge beam which takes a non-trivial amount of time to hit them when i have like 70 plus missiles but i'm always just like i'm gonna need those later that's my that's my constant mental block i'm gonna need them for the next phase and then the boss ends and i have 70 missiles and I'm like, what? yeah, you got to go to town with the so missiles. I'm, I'm making the life. only time you should ever be using the charge beam is like, um, there's a one particular boss that you can't actually hurt because they're they have like an electric force field, and while during that phase mm-hmm. you can take the time to charge your beams to at least save one missile. But ultimately, I just I found it easier to right. just go to town with the missiles. There, there's a lot of a lot of the bosses too. What they do is they'll at a certain point in their cycle they'll throw projectiles at you, and if you shoot them, they, you get missiles. So like, you're always gonna have missiles, especially if you go out of the way to get expansions like I do. You're always gonna have missiles. I just I'm always so afraid of running out, which I have done like once or twice, but it's a very rare thing. And then the, the other thing with the bosses too is that there was at least one boss that I died. Simp- well, the quick time events I have a difficult time with, and that's a way to do a lot of damage to bosses. There's like melee quick time events. But the other thing is almost every boss has a gimmick where if you don't figure it out, like how to hurt them, you're just pissing in the wind. Man. Yeah, you're just going to be so on like, a constant there, loop. You'll go into a boss, you'll go into a, bo- into a boss and you'll be like, okay, I don't know how to hurt him yet. I'm going to figure it out. And then you spend seven to eight minutes not figuring it out and then you die and you're like well i I gotta just do it again until i figure it out uh the the giant i don't know the name the giant octopus thing took me a couple of tries once i figured out how to beat it it was easy but i didn't know how to hurt the darn thing until like the third time i did it that's exactly how it's it's going was me and Ravenbeak right now it was just endless and on phase one and then i figured out the quick times and then now i can get through phase one no problem and now he's just a flying around madman and i just i'm still figuring out phase two it's a thinking man's game uh or a thinking woman's game but it's a thinking game for sure i'm enjoying the heck out of it i think i'm probably about halfway through tactic i thought you were done but it sounds like you're still working on the no I'm, I'm at I, I i can get to uh, phase two of raven raven beak and it's i believe it's three phases like so but there just seems to be no rhyme or I reason ca- to the to phase two i can't i can't seem to lock in on the pattern well then the other thing that happens is you die during a boss and the game is like uh every every attack can be avoided and every boss has a i'm like i know i just don't know what it is and it's just like oh every you can avoid every attack i'm like why don't you try it then game god anyways it's fun so far (laughs) uh that's honestly i don't have any other updates besides that maybe i'll be more interesting next week but that's what's going on with me right now so Tactic, take us on a trip. So like, y'all know where I'm at with uh, Metroid Dread, so I'm not going to talk about that. Um, the other thing that I was pretty excited for, it's been a long time coming, but I finally watched Dragon Ball Super Broly. And um, honestly, they they fixed they fixed Broly well. 
if you are familiar with the character, there was a non-canon movie that came out ages ago, and it was not great. He was just a big, angry Saiyan. And then they made it even worse with a sequel where he was a big, angry blob Saiyan in GT. And that was just horrendous. They fixed my dude. He's awesome now. And what was really excited about it, and if you haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil it, but check it out. The, the fight scenes were great. The character development of Brawley was fantastic, something that, that, was, that was severely lacking. And I think they opened the door for... Frieza to potentially look into fusions. And the reason why I say that is Frieza was finally introduced to Vegito, or sorry, Gogeta. And he had asked the question. And so he's already kind of evolved into this golden form Frieza. Why wouldn't he look into potentially touching base with, you know, getting 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 a hold of his, his brother Cooler somehow and fusing with him and then having cooler frieza and i think that would be super powerful and super awesome and it'd be a great fight i don't know what they're doing with the next movie that's coming out because there's some nonsense with the red ribbon army and that stuff that movie doesn't look good but brawly was great check it out if you haven't seen it and get excited for potentially a frieza fusion the other thing that i want to talk about is damn kids okay so Oh, okay. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna air this laundry on the podcast. Oh, I wasn't sure if you were gonna tell the story. So Okay, go ahead. Kids these days have no respect. We uh we, we, we decided to put out a candy dish for kids on Halloween and we got I can almost hear the podcast becoming unhip. Well, like, hear me out. Kids are going to listen to we this got, and be like, God. We got tons of candy. We were fully anticipating kids to just dump the bowl into their bag because whatever. Kids will be kids. I did that. I was I was kind of a jerk of a kid back in the day. I didn't take one sometimes. I dumped it and whatever. I'm 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 not proud of it. But we were prepared for such an endeavor. What we weren't prepared for is for them to steal the freaking bowl. Once you steal the bowl, I only got one bowl, folks. Don't steal the bowl. Steal the steal the whole thing of candy. Don't steal the bowl. You ruin it for everybody, okay? That's my PSA. That yeah, I mean like I've heard the story already. It wasn't like I don't want to make like it wasn't like a crystal bowl, but like that's not the point. The point is, like you said, because then you then you couldn't put more candy. I don't even know if you had more candy, but you couldn't put more candy out because the candy receptacle was taken. Well, I mean, he literally looked it's, into uh, our ring move. doorbell camera and just looked at it and looked in our house because our front door was open. Like we have a big glass door. Looked in our big glass door. We had the the steel door wide open. And just brazenly was like, this is my bowl. I'm going to take it. What was his costume? It was like the scream gown, but no mask or hood up or any of that. So just he was just mailing it in. He was just in it for the candy. Yeah. And the bowls. I, 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 know the, I, I know the type. Yeah. He probably has a stack of bowls at his house. He probably does this every year. This is like his thing, you know? Should we hand out bowls uh, instead? That's a shame. Is that a thing kids want these days? That'd be... We'll be like the new pencil house. Next hand year. Out pencils but bowls next year yeah be watching for the kid and have have a bowl of candy and like sit out on the porch be one of those people who sits out on the porch with the bowl of candy and then when he comes up be like oh good you're finally back we got you this special and then put the candy back in your house and just bring him a paper bowl and then on written on the inside of it on the bottom of it it just says you suck <laughs> and just give it to him that's 
look, that's the best idea I have to offer uh, in terms of in terms of retaliation, which is clearly the number one priority here. So that's rough, man. I'm sorry that happened to to both of you. Shout out to Ring Doorbell because they have it all on tape, guys. I've seen I've seen the footage. Nerd Bomber, how was your Halloween? I mean, that part sucked, but otherwise, we watched some spooky movies this Halloween. And I I liked both of them. Really? One I liked better than the other. I mean, they weren't like spooky, spooky. They were like fun, spooky. So the first one was Werewolves Within. This one had Sam Richardson and I believe she's the AT&T girl. I, none of the other people. Oh. oh, no, there were other like reputable. Well, it was a very like B-list actor star movie. Lot, lots of those. This is the one where she's a, post, a postal worker, right? Yeah. And essentially the gist of the movie is Sam Richardson plays a park ranger who gets transferred to this small kind of like podunk town backwoods. And so he arrives there. And in the first couple of nights that he's there, there is an attack. You know, one of the, the neighbor's dogs gets attacked. And so that kind of starts a big accusation, like who killed my dog? Was it like some kind of animal? And there happens to be an environmental scientist also staying at like the main hotel in this town. And so she's like, well, let me analyze the fur on like that came off, you know, your decrepit dog's collar or whatever. So while she's analyzing the fur, suddenly all of the lights in the town go off. The generators have all been slashed by what looks like a big animal. And then... You know, everyone starts accusing each other. The environmental scientist is like, I think someone here is a, I think it's a lycanthorpe, which is the scientific name for a... Lycanthrope, yes. The scientific name for a werewolf. So then they're basically all locked in this house together and somebody is a werewolf. And it's kind of like, almost like a clue movie set in a werewolfy horror setting and it's not really scary at all. Like, there's maybe a few jump scares, but it's more like, I would say, clue vibes than anything else. Like, there was not really any point in time when I was super scared. I don't even think I jumped or paused it at any point in time. It was more like, it was a comedy, so it was funny. I mean, if you know any of the actors in the movie, they're very well known for their comedy roles above pretty much anything else. I think it was actually really Because scary, scary movies aren't your thing, are they? Right, yeah. I hate scary stuff. Or are they? No. I didn't think so. So for me, this was like a perfect Halloween type movie because, you know, it was more funny and mystery than anything else. And so I was definitely jiving with it. The other movie that we watched, it was The Vast of Night. And this one, I don't find alien stuff very scary, especially when it's not like true alien stories. But Tectic really does. So for him, this is like kind of spooky. But for me, I was just like, oh, this is fun. Um, But this is... This is not a Halloween movie by any means. It wasn't scary. And I wasn't even scared. It was just that one scene that I was, ooh, that was kind of creepy. Yeah. So the gist of this one, this is a setback in, oh man, I don't know, probably like, when was radio big? Like they didn't really have TVs. When was radio and like... I don't know. Switchboards. Yeah. So like going back in that, that time period and maybe a little bit later, but essentially, you know, Everybody's at the big town basketball game and this teenage girl um, kind of has been shadowing the local radio host. And she also like at night, she takes over the switchboard for the town, like the telephone switchboard. And between the two of them, they start getting some interference over their, you know, radio equipment. And it leads them on this kind of 
hunt to figure out what is going on and they start gathering evidence of aliens people start seeing aliens in the sky and they're from they're from udo yeah so it it was more like a and again another like alien almost mystery movie because the majority of the movie you know they're chasing down clues and investigating stuff and it's not really scary it was just kind of like ooh aliens so i mean the one criticism that i had with that movie was that it was very dark and there were some weird cinematic things that they were trying to do to i think make themselves a little bit more artistic like they kept cutting so the, the way the movie was introduced was like the twilight zone there's like a twilight zone intro on this old timey tv and then they keep like zooming in and out where like you zoom into the tv screen and it kind of just fades into that the real movie but then every now and then it'll cut out and you'll just see everything happening through this foggy television screen but there's no point to that and you're like why why is this happening just show me the the movie this isn't adding anything to the experience and by dark, she doesn't mean like it was a dark, gritty movie. It no, was like, it like was the lighting. Visually just, dark. It's a lot of squinting to see what the heck I was going on. The only alien movie that I've seen that's scary is Signs. No, the fourth that's kind. That, that was terrifying. Alien, by the way, the actual movie Alien is, for my money, one of the most overrated movies ever. Not scary at all. I, I think I was laughing like the whole time. And granted, it might have just like aged badly, but I don't know. I may have just angered a lot of people, so let's move on to the quiz. And let, do you have, do you have, do you have more to, to go through? Oh no, that was or it. Can we? My spooky movies. So now that I've pissed people off, let's talk about Naughty Dog. So th- this is the quiz topic this week is Naughty Dog, which I assume was chosen because I am a very publicly a Naughty Dog stan. I want to say before I think this is a quiz retread, or maybe in my dreams we did this quiz. I felt this all felt like very familiar territory to me as I was constructing this quiz. We'll see if you guys remember. We may have it, done like Uncharted trivia. So it's sad. It's something, something at least Naughty Dog adjacent, I think, has been a quiz topic before. But anyways, I have five questions here. I actually don't have a tiebreaker, so I'm hoping you guys don't tie. And if you do, I'm going to have to find one on the spot. I'm, I don't want to do that. So just, I don't know, work it out amongst yourselves. First things first, when was Naughty Dog founded? I'm just looking for a year. But you don't need to get more specific than that. And we'll start with, uh, who has the worst record right now? We'll start with Tactic. No, we'll start with Nerdbomber because Tactic has the worst record. So, Nerdbomber, you're up. I'm going to say, I mean, they did early games even before Jack and Daxter, I think. I'm going to say 1990. I think that's too early. Over Tactic. I'm going to say 1995. You both busted. What? No points. 1984. These guys, they were originally called Jam Software. They were renamed to Naughty Dog in 1989. So actually, you guys still, even if I just Double use that busted. history, you guys still both would have busted. Their big breakout game, I believe it was 96. They actually were the first people who did Crash Bandicoot. Nice. That was like, oh, yeah, and that was even, right. I think, before Jack and Daxter. So I think that was their big, like, that was when they hit the scene. That was 96. So you both busted. Uh, <laughs> next question. How many games, according to Wikipedia, there's a Wikipedia page, list of Naughty Dog games. That's where I got this information. I actually went through the table and counted. How many games have they developed according to Wikipedia? And this includes both remasters and expansions of games. So I don't know if that's... Oh, so like DLC is in here? Uh, I wouldn't say DLC. First of all, because I don't think they do much DLC. Uh, what I really mean is they included The Last of Us Left Behind, which I think was technically DLC, but it's also kind of like an expansion. It's a, it's a story continuation. Or no, it's a prequel, I think, to Last of Us. 
uh, but it came out as like DLC. They're including that and they're including The Last of Us Remastered. And I think they're also including the new Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection that's coming out. I'm going to say 376. 376 games? Okay, well, that's just insane. I'm going to say one because that way I definitely don't bust. But what? Yeah, Tactic didn't understand the question. 24, Tactic. He didn't Uh, understand the assignment. I don't think any game studio ever. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You definitely did but not you said all, the question. You said I don't each think remaster any is a plus one, plus one. Sure. Still. <laughs> I don't I don't understand where you could even get 300 games from. I don't think any game studio has ever made 300 games. Maybe Nintendo, but like... How good would... I, you know what? 376. I still feel good about it. So, Nerdbomber's on the board. Tactic, a solid order of magnitude off. Uh, let's see if he can dial in his calculator for this question. Last of Us, one of my favorite games ever is tied for the 49th best-selling video game of all time uh, when the remaster for the PS4 is included. Again, that's how Wikipedia does this. I don't know why. They're tied for 49th. It has sold, including the remaster and the original, roughly how many copies? Video games are definitely less than movies. But this was also like a worldwide seller, and I know people bought it twice. I'm going to say 30 million copies. That feels like a lot. One million copies. Tactic, you're on the board. Twenty million. So Nerdbomber, so you I were pretty was close. close. You didn't like shoot the moon. Yeah, twenty million. Uh, like I said, tied with the number of games in forty nine. I actually thought it was going to be a lot higher than that. I was disappointed looking this up. But this next question is my favorite question. How old was Ashley Johnson, the voice of Ellie, when The Last of Us came out? Nine years old. What? Good goodness. Okay, his radar is definitely off. Um, I'm going to say 18, but I know she was older than that, but I'm just playing it safe. Yeah. Tactic, it's like you're trying to throw the game. I don't really understand what you're doing. Uh, she was 29. <laughs> I uh, was thinking it was either going to be surprisingly old woman. or surprisingly yeah. young. And I was just like, you know what? You know what? You you definitely committed to very young. Uh, she was 29, so Nerd Bomber takes a 2-1 to one lead. Going into the last question, so we might have Ty, a tie just on our to hands, mess with him. which this I would is, hate. This is really, we're just, we're just messing with you. This last question is a bit of a thinker. It's a shout out to our friend, Greg Edmondson, who we were lucky enough to have on the podcast. I didn't know it was last year. The Uncharted Drake's Fortune original soundtrack is on Spotify. How many plays does Nate's theme have on Spotify? I'm looking at the number right now. And uh, I start with this. I believe Nerd Bomber, you're first. Yeah. Oh, boy. Three million. A lot of variables here. Okay. Oh, it's way more than Tactic that. Tactic over to you. I'm going to go three million and one. Oh, you suck. I wouldn't worry too much, Nerd Bomber, because it was exactly three. I'm just kidding. It wasn't exactly three million. You both busted. So, Nerd Bomber, you win by default. One million, eighty-nine thousand, two hundred and fifty. At least 89,000 of those are me. <laughs> so... Uh, a million for everybody else i guess i don't know how many people listen to video game scores i think that's the thing i think amongst video game scores on spotify it's probably very popular but i think the that genre is a pretty small piece of the of the spotify pie so uh nerd bomber takes it uh which brings her to 11 and 10 so she's in second place uh i'm at 16 and 3 tactic is at 9 and 10 and uh we're getting close to the end here so it's going to be again a pretty frantic race to the finish for those two i'm sitting fairly pretty at 16 and 3 yeah i don't know i don't know what else to say other than that congratulations 
Nerd Bomber and Tectic. This was a rough outing for you. Yep, there this is the start of my downward spiral. This is it, guys. I'm going to have to do a thing. I, I, it's, it, it does seem like you're committing to that. So we'll see if you continue committing to it next week. We thank you all for joining us uh, on this episode of the Online Warriors podcast. We invite you to go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, hit us up on Twitter. Handles already mentioned in the show. Tell us what you thought of the metaverse, of the Book of Boba Fett, and uh, uh, I don't know, about aliens. Tell us what you think about that. And uh, you know what? Get out there. And it's November. So you're going to need a turkey for Thanksgiving. It's coming up. Go to your butcher. Tell your butcher, your local butcher, or like your grocery store butcher. Tell them about the online warriors. I don't know if butchers are even responsible for turkeys, but nonetheless, I stand by uh, this recommendation. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.